Soldier Field, 24-17. Bears trying to get their 10th win. Here's the boot up in the air. Going up for it. Allen Robinson, he's got it! I want to see the Bears give him an opportunity to prove that he can do this. He's caught the ball at the 43-yard line. When all the signs in the world were there. I think that'll be a fade-to-black moment with Allen Robinson taking it out of the air. That's what you're really hoping for that they really contribute to the team each year, and that you build a great base and foundation. And these loyal fans have been rewarded for their loyalty. It was, it was, it was awesome. It's, we picked up right where we left off. It was fantastic. And they have a Bears team to be proud of right now. Takes the snap, takes a knee, they head to the field. The Bears have won it. All right, we're joined by our next guest, Matt from Indiana. Matt, how are you? I'm doing hanging in there. How about you? I'm doing all right. Uh, so we uh, wanted to have you on to get your thoughts of just whatever, whatever you want to talk about, man. Uh, how do you think the season's going so far? Um, with the two wins that we have so far, I'm hopeful, but at the same time, I'm I'm actually very concerned. Because, you know, Trubisky, like, he's proven himself quite well so far in this season. But, you know, we still have a full season ahead of us. So who knows what could happen? You know, and, uh, and you know, we spent and we spent all that time to get Nick Foles, which, yeah, that's cool. We got Nick Foles. But at the same time, it feels kind of out of place with him on the sidelines like that. Do you feel like our wins have been almost felt not like wins? Um. I wouldn't put it that way. I mean, yeah, I'm. I'll take a win. Any kind of win there is, I'll take it. But at the same time, some of, some of it just doesn't feel right. If that makes any sense. No, it makes perfect sense. I mean, the way we've been playing hasn't been up to par. When you're only allowing, you know, one touchdown a game against the Giants, and you're still struggling to beat them, seventeen to thirteen. There's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're struggling to beat the Giants, there really is a problem. Yeah. Um, what? How do you feel so far, though? We, we've harped a lot on this podcast about Trubisky and everything like that. Um, have We've had you on the podcast before, so listeners are familiar with you. Have your thoughts changed in any way, or do you have any kind of opinion on Matt Nagy? Matt Nagy, um, I don't think... It's really a problem with him. If the biggest problem I think he has is that he keeps using Trubisky and he's not wanting to mix it up a little bit. Like I'm getting a little frustrated that Nick Foles hasn't been able to play this season. And um, this is another unpopular opinion I have. Um, Chase Daniel, I don't think gets enough credit. I don't know if he's still with us or not because, because um, frankly, well, I don't really give a shit. But yeah, like I wish Matt Nagy would just mix it up a little bit. Yeah, you know. Ch- Chase is not with us. He's actually in Detroit now, but Foles is sitting on the bench and is owed twenty-one million dollars. So, yeah, well, the Jackson. So, Jacksonville's taking care of that. It's kind of a weird thing. Uh, Curtis brought up when we had him on. No, this was actually in a DM I had with him. Sometimes I get confused. He said that there might be a clause in Foles contract where if he starts so many games we'll have to pay him more and that that might be a workaround. I haven't really dove that far into the contract or anything like that, so I really don't know. Yeah, 
the whole thing's just kind of weird to me. But the fact that, you know, last year, you know, we gave up. Uh, it really pains me to talk about this, but we gave up Jordan Howard to get a fourth round pick in 2020. And we spent all that time and we got Nick Foles and we're not even using him. And to me, that's just it's maddening. Yeah, we gave him up two years ago. So two, yeah, I just knew, to clarify. Yeah, it wasn't too too long ago, but still that still makes me makes me pull my hair out to this day. Yeah, I mean it's still rough. Uh <coughs> Montgomery's still trying to get his footing, still trying to figure stuff out. Uh he seems to be having I don't want to use the word injury prone yet, but he seems to Look, he had the groin thing and then he had a horrific fall on his neck on Sunday, took out, came back in. That's always good to see. So, you know, we'll see where we're at with that. Um I know you are not the biggest Ryan Pace fan. Has that changed at all? No. No, I'm not a Ryan Pace fan. Now, while he has made some good decisions, I remember you sending me an article about, you know, the numbers on Ryan Pace's um on Ryan Pace's picks and on Ryan Pace's decisions. And while he has made a good handful of good decisions, he's made far more bad decisions and I need that. It needs to be addressed. Like he's made several bad decisions. Do you think, and I'm going to ask a lot of people this with all the injuries that have been happening in the NFL with quarterbacks going down with Blake Bortles now uh, getting signed to the, to the Jaguars. Well, to the Denver Broncos, uh, with Nick Mullins coming in for Jimmy Garoppolo, not knowing how long he's going to be out right now as the time we're recording this, do you feel like there is a window of availability to where we could try to execute a trade with Mitchell Trubisky? And the reason I say that is because, again, I've harped on this before, we haven't picked up his fifth year. Right. I think it's possible, but but from I don't I don't think he's going to get traded really. I don't think anything is really going to happen to him because apparently they do have faith in him. You don't think I, Pace has the stones to just Oh no, he doesn't. Yeah, I can agree with you. The only the only stones he has are in his kidneys, but you know, just yeah, they have a lot of faith in Trubisky and they see potential in him and that's fine by them, but when he's not when he's not delivering results, something needs to be done. There's a problem. Like we as fans, we see that, but he has, but considering the first two games of the season have been victories, you know, I don't think they're really going to worry about Trubisky and you know, you and me, or at least to me, I'm still concerned about this season. Right. Like, he's doing well so far, but I'm deeply concerned. Same, same. Uh, let's do a little bit of a transition here and go to the defensive side of the ball. Right. How do you think our defense is doing this year? Oh, excellent. You know, excellent, as always. Um, you know, we have people like uh, Mac, and we have Hicks, and we have the whole deal. Like, we have a gifted defense. And it right. just, again, it makes me so... It, it's maddening that they have to hold they have to hold up the team every game, you know? And so I don't have a single bad thing to say about defense. Do you feel like you're almost on a weird deja vu repeat of exactly last year? A little bit, Yeah. Do you think, okay, do you think if I showed you a game from this year and last year, now obviously there's no fans in the stadium, but do you think you'd be able to tell a difference? I mean, other than the, I know that the players have changed and stuff, but if you were just watching briefly, would you, would you notice? 
I think I think I would notice a bit of a difference because last season early on defense was all over the place but you know as it went on they were just more wore and wore out you know what right. I mean cuz they didn't have a good season last year and I think I think it took a toll on the team um as since they weren't doing so hot I think they had a good season I think that it hurts when your team goes three and out so many times I know so the more he goes out, the more tired the defense gets, you know? So, yeah. that again, I try not to harp on the offense on this podcast, but it's very hard when we're not getting the same thing. And it's hard when there's not many angles to look at it. It's two things with this team that matter right now. I think Nagy is close to being the third but right now, I believe it's Trubisky, but as two and number one, public enemy number one is Ryan Pace. Oh, I agree. I mean, I just feel like that has to be, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else it could be. Do uh, you have any, do you agree, disagree? My whole thing, I think to sum it all up, you know, I think the team, it they do have the tools to be successful, but they just don't know how to use them. You know, they don't know what to do with them. Right. Like, right. but like I said, you know, the the first two games of the season have been victories and everything, and I'm concerned that that it may get a little bumpy, but I, I hope that I'm wrong. I very much hope that I'm wrong. All right, Matt, before we let you go and get you out of here, um, we played the Atlanta Falcons come Sunday. We're recording this on a Saturday, uh, day before. How do you feel that game's going to go? Well, here's here's the way I see it. Let the Falcons get like at least a 20 point plus lead and then by the time of the fourth quarter, we'll uh, we'll catch up to them and beat them. <laughs> it isn't like the first time the Falcons have done that. Right, referring back to the Detroit game. But now we that was only Detroit. Now we didn't come out like that in at home no. of all places with the Giants. You know, so, eh, you know what I mean? Exactly. But, you know, the foul, The way I see it, no matter how bad a team is, never underestimate them because you just never know. The, every NFL game is unpredictable. You don't know what's going to happen. That's very true, and the Falcons are coming off a heartbreaking loss, another epic defeat. Oh, yes. Uh, do you think that their offense can keep up with our offense? In uh, turn, Well... I said that wrong. Can our offense keep up with their offense? Um, it will definitely be a challenge for them. I think if they really try and if they really analyze the situation well, then they could. But again, you know, again, Matt Ryan, he's made it to the Super Bowl before, so do not underestimate him. He is a good quarterback, but at the same time, you know, they don't have much to brag about on their team as much lately. No, you're absolutely right. You're completely 100% right on that. Um... Dan Quinn's their head coach. I thought he'd be fired by now. He is not. On a scale of one to ten, are you how worried are you about this game? Um, I'd probably give it about a six. Who do you think wins? Um, I I would say the Bears, but okay. but it'll be a bit of, it'll be a struggle to get up there though. All right, and uh, we can end it on this unless you got anything else. You got anything else more? Fuck the Packers. Okay. But before we ended on that, um, what do you, when 
or what might happen to Trubisky, when do you think we see Nick Foles or if we even see Nick Foles? Well, considering uh, Trubisky's first season with us, um, you got to remember Mike Glennon was a starting quarterback, and I believe, for a couple of games, yeah, yeah, I believe it was about five or six games before they finally put in Trubisky. So I'd probably say about that. So you're saying five or six games, and Trubisky goes out, even if we win? Uh, it's hard to say, really. They'll probably they'll definitely keep him in if he keeps on winning. But you know if. If there's a loss here and there, then then they'll probably try out Nick Foles. And I know fans, they're going to demand Nick Foles if, if Trubisky starts losing. You brought up the fans. Do you think not having fans in the stands or in Chicago without that pressure, the booing, the jeering of the quarterback, do you think that helps Trubisky stay at this position longer than he should? To be perfectly honest, I think it does. Because... Um, because you know, as that that is a problem with us Bears fans is that we get a little too overly passionate, and you know, if one player makes a few mistakes, then we start booing them and we start demanding that they get taken out of the game. That is something that we're bad about, you know. And when somebody's down there with all that all that kind of pressure on their shoulders, you know, it's easy to crack, you know. And so I'm being a little fair to Trubisky. It can't be easy being out there with all that pressure on your shoulders, and I'm sure not either of us wouldn't be able to handle it so well either. Right. So that is a problem with us fans. Um, one more thing that I saw that I found interesting is a video, and it's out there on the Bears social media, of Khalil Mack hugging Trubisky and giving him a pump-up speech in the end zone before the Giants game. I have never met a quarterback that has needed so much coddling in my life. Um, all we hear about how he's won the locker room and his leadership, I don't see it. I see everyone else going up to him, trying to pump him up, trying to fill him with confidence. And to me, I just don't think he's an NFL quarterback. I don't think he'll ever be an NFL quarterback. And that's not to say he won't have a long time backup position in that regard. But as far as starting you don't see that. You don't see that out of quarterbacks. Even Jameis Winston, the famous Eaton W's. Yeah, it was stupid, but I mean, he's not over there getting talked to before a game by the superstar, like pumping him up. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't getting that. So my question to you is one, I don't know if you've seen the video and two, if you haven't, what are your thoughts still with me describing that? Um, so you, so you think it's a bit of a coddling, you know, obviously Mac wants to encourage him and wants to build him, build up his confidence to get him to do better. Right. And that's fine. But, but at the same time, you can't be too coddling and you can't be like too soft like that. You got to give some tough love. Agreed. You Completely need some tough agreed. love, especially with how, uh, with how up and down Trubisky is. So, so do you feel like we've been doing the coddle process a little too much with him? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, he makes too many mistakes. They're like, oh, it, it's okay. It's okay. You know, it needs to be the, it needs to get to the point. It's like one more mistake and you're out. Right. You know? Right. I agree. You know? So you got the Bears winning on Sunday. Uh, you got anything else on your mind? Um, fuck the Packers. All right. That sounds good enough. Yeah. Matt, thank you as always for joining us. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Go Bears.
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of 34 to Glory. I'm your host, Tyler Flesh, joined by my co-host, Father Brian Flesh. We already have a call, so we're just going to get into it now. Let's see if this works. Hello? Is it working? Um, hey, how's it going, guys? Oh, hey. Go. So, hey. First time without Tim we're doing this, so I did not have any idea <laughs> if I screwed this whole thing up because we were working with it earlier, and I was like, uh, I, I just looked at my dad. I was like, hello? I was like, uh-oh. It was looking like one of those Verizon <laughs> commercials. Do you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Oh, but it works. But yeah, we're, we're uh, joined by Curtis all the way out in California, so thanks, man. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you, Curtis. Hey, glad to be here, guys. So, crazy season so far, huh? I know we've been DMing on the side quite a bit, so that's why I wanted to have you on, because you got a lot of great points. No, thanks for having me again, guys. Uh, uh, No, it has been a weird season. Um, It's it's, it's interesting to listen to all the different opinions on how the season's going, and some are a lot more optimistic than others, and uh, I, I think... I think us, uh, you, yourselves, and, and myself, I think we're probably in the right frame of mind about how what, what to expect of the season. You know, yeah, it'll be fun to talk about it. Yeah, it's been, it's just, I don't know. We got a little negative. We were a little down in the dumps. There was other stuff going on on Monday, and that's why I was like, man, we need to rebound. We need to get some actual, like, not, I mean, we're still going to be a little negative, but like, it was just, it felt, we left, we had a bitter taste in our mouth on Monday. So. Yeah, we did. That, that was, you know, I think what's so frustrating is you see such potential in this team and and we're sitting here at 2-0 and and, you know, I, I'd love to hear from you, Curtis. What what do you think of this 2-0 and start? Yeah, he also, just to jump in real quick. He, so we've been DMing, but he has no idea anything you've said. I haven't run anything by him, just to let you know, Curtis. Oh, okay. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, Tyler and I were talking about the culture of winning, and I, I really do think, like, there's a lot more to this philosophy when it applies, it applies to the Bears more than, you know, as more I think about it, the more I'm convinced that as the offense goes, so does the defense. And I think that was true even for last year. And I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but they come out firing last week, and the defense is, is, is just all over it. And then as soon as Miller had that drop in the end zone, it's almost like the defense went, oh, here we go again. And then they just kind of got complacent. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and then, you know, the converse of the week before that, you know, they come out and, you know, Trubisky just looks like trash right off the bat. And the defense is like, all right, here we go. You know, same bad time, same bad channel, you know, another another season wasted. So, and then he turns it on and the defense started coming alive again. And, and um, so, I mean, Tyler and I were talking about this culture of winning. And I've experienced this uh, in the military in different places I've gone. And I think the teams who exhibit uh, this culture of winning, it doesn't matter what they do, they're going to be okay. Patriots are the perfect example. Everybody in that, in that institution is convinced that as long as you have Belichick, he's got a chance. So 
they lose half their team to COVID opt-outs. The quarterback takes off to Tampa Bay. You know, like, yeah, whatever. You know, we're good. You know, they just know that they're going to find a way to, to at least be in the game every week. And other organizations are just waiting for the other, you know, the other shoe to fall. You know, there's, oh, here we go. And then it's just, it takes over. Like, it's like almost uh, infectious. Yeah. You know, you couldn't be more right on target as far as I'm concerned, Curtis, because just like those Bilicek coach teams, they're plug and play. They really don't rely on, you know, this one great player to make the team work. Everybody just knows their job. They do their job. And really, that's the backbone of that culture of winning, isn't it? I also- it is. I mean, I was going to say Matt Castle. They went 11-5 and five with Matt Castle when Brady broke his leg, you know, the first quarter of the first game. You yeah. Know? I mean, that could be a great trivia question. I also think it's crazy that we just like casually threw in that they lost their quarterback, who was <laughs> probably going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> and they're still fine. So, they're just doing all right. The reason... The reason that memory sticks in my brain is because I, uh, I had a league with all my Baylor buddies uh, from college, and I was going up against the guy who ended up winning that season, but he had Brady as his quarterback. And uh, so f- first week of fantasy football, he loses his quarterback, and I was, like, horrified that we just lost Brady. But at the same time, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to win this one, you know. And so that memory always sticks in my brain. And <laughs> That was against yeah, the Chiefs, enough, right? 11 wins. Yeah. yeah. The Chiefs? Right? Oh, man. Was it? I think it was. I don't know. I, 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 remember, I remember that, I too. I don't remember who they were playing. But. but and, and some teams some teams can rally around the quarterback. I mean, I mean <laughs> you saw that with Peyton Manning. You see that with other transcendent quarterbacks. You know, um, I mean, it, sometimes it's the coach. Sometimes it's, you know, the quarterback. You know, I don't know if we have either one of those right now. Well, I, that's what I wanted to follow up with, Curtis, is, is do you think that this team rallies around Trubisky? Well, no, I don't. <laughs> I agree. I mean, you, you see it every week. I think they do. I think they will rally, but it's like a false rally. It's like as long as they know he's like not out there just stinking up the field, everybody's on it. But in the back of their heads, they're always just kind of waiting for him to start sucking again. Well, or... I'm telling you, it's it's night and day when 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 he's making plays and the offense is clicking, the defense shows up and they just I think they're just I think their spirits broke, man. I really do. I completely agree with that, and I also don't know if you guys have seen, but the Bears posted it all across their social media platforms. I have never seen a quarterback where our defensive players are coming to him to hype him up. Usually it's the other way around. Usually the quarterback's the leader, but you saw Mac in the end zone hugging him before the Giants day, like game saying, you got this, man. This is your team. And I'm like sitting here and I'm like, is it? Because I think we, like as fans, we know it's not. But like, I, I just, I'm so curious on what goes on in that locker room. Oh, I'm too. I'd love to be a mouse in that locker room. Because I have a feeling that he is not the leader that Matt, Matt Nagy presents him as. Uh, I believe he's a hard worker. I believe he's tried to work on his mechanics. Um, I'm not so sure. Well, I know he's not our quarterback. At least not the one I want. Do you? I don't know, guys. It's, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask you a question. 
I had this interesting thought, right? So he's still 2-0, and and we know that there's a lot of dumb GMs out there because we're employing one. But Blake Bortles comes back into the league. There's a lot of injuries right now. People are going down. I was talking to my dad before this started, and I wanted to know your take on this. I thought it'd be a good idea, like, okay, now let's pull the trigger and see if anyone wants Trubisky. We didn't pick up his fifth year. Even if we trade him for, like, literally, you know, a seventh-round pick or whatever, I think, like, that window's getting closed on us, too, but I just thought that'd be a good idea. I don't know. I mean, I think if we had lost those two games and it was looking like the season was a wash, maybe, if he'd played really well and, you know, there was something there that they could have capitalized on. But I think as long as we're winning, the, the management's not going to want to, you know, just give up, you know, and, and cause now they're like, Oh wait, you know, you gotta, it's an old poker term called a chip in a chair, right? As long as you got a chip and a place to see, you know, sit, you, you know, you, you could potentially make a comeback. I've never so they heard got that. Risky. They're two and zero. Oh, really? Oh, I used to work in a casino. It's, I like that though. It's like, poker. <laughs> I'm using that. I'm taking that. That that I love that. A chip in a chair. <laughs> chip in a chair. It's all you need to win. But um, <laughs> the eternal optimism of the gambler. Um, <laughs> oh, I but, know. Uh, <laughs> well aware of that. So I mean. Yeah, I don't think they'll dump them as long as they're winning. I mean, I think if he had played well and they still lost, I think they could have maybe looked at something like that. But yeah, uh, they're probably going to ride this guy. Like I said, at least to the bye week. So when is our bye week? I actually, do you know week eleven or something? It's yeah. like oh, it's no. well into the season. It's yeah, guys. It's I thought late. you were going to say like four. No, no. It's I it's got late. excited. <laughs> I'm back down again. That's what we usually have. <laughs> I, I know it's usually, usually like, it's like week four. Yeah, exactly. Um. I, I just, I, I completely agree with everything you're saying as far as that goes. I just feel like the signal I got was management knows this guy's not the guy in the offseason, right? No fifth year, foals. But the the stuff you keep saying is true. It's like, yes, we keep winning. But I feel like someone, like, they're just lying to themselves. Like, they have to sit there and go, guys, we barely beat the Giants without Saquon. Like what? Like is this really winning? Yeah. Like it counts, but are we just gonna do that whole thing again where we sneak into the playoffs now with an extra team and Trubisky plays like crap and we're like, oh shucks, guys, we tried. Well, look at look at it. They Detroit didn't have their best wide receiver. We um, the New York Giants didn't have their best running back. We're about to enter a game against the Falcons and Julio is a real question mark at this point in time, whether he starts or not. So, you know, is our record really because Trubisky's playing well, or is it really because um, a series of accidents in terms of not only injuries, but um, the defense continues to, to rescue us? Or is the defense being hidden by all these injuries? Yeah. That, that's another wow, thing that's to think a, about, you know? Yeah. Wow, that's a really good, I like that. I didn't even think about that until you just now. I mean, we could play a couple of these uh, better teams, and all of a sudden the defense is exposed. And, you know, Jalen Johnson goes from looking like rookie of the year to another washout. And, you know, and crazy. You know, they officially give him a walker. And, 
you know, I, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know it's early, Curtis, but I'm pretty sure you're the one that said you were high on Jalen Johnson, right? Coming out of the draft. I no, I like Jalen Johnson. I think he's uh, he's got the he's got the the it factor. You know what I mean? Some people want to be the best at the sport, and some people just take advantage of the fact that they're good at the sport. I think Jalen Johnson's got that drive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I, I absolutely agree. With I that. gushed over him. Everything I've seen so far as a rookie, usually they're the ones getting picked on, and he's not really getting no. picked on. And when he does, he answers the bell. He's he's out there playing with confidence. Watch him play. I mean, he's yeah. not playing like a rookie. He's playing like a guy who knows where the ball is and knows where he needs to be in relation to the ball. And he's coming off. Didn't he have a serious injury at Utah? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did. That's why. That's actually Shoulder, why he yeah. he wasn't taken earlier. Well, we. So you've got these two types of athletes, right? You've got the Roquan Smith, the Anthony Miller. They have natural abilities, but they're complacent. They don't put the work in. They, you know, they just they're very entitled to being good at football. And then you have the Jalen Johnson who have natural ability, but they're not satisfied with that. You know, they have this passion, like the Khalil Mack passion, the passion to just be the dominant player, to be the one that when they, when they do the rankings, this guy's top of the list, you know, and they're not satisfied unless they are crushing it. And I think Jalen Johnson has that factor to him. Whereas I think some of our other players don't, I mean, they're, they're never going to be that transcendent player because they're always just going to be relying on their natural ability and, yeah, never putting that extra work in. Yeah, I, you know, you know, you can you can get to the NFL on that natural ability, but you can't maintain that without putting in the work and the study, because talent right. alone, lots of talented guys come from college ranks, and and they're 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 super athletic, but we've shown time and time again that that doesn't always translate to success in the NFL. So. So now, roll that same conversation over to Trubisky now. How many years have we heard the same story? He's working on his footwork. He's he's learning defenses. And, like, are are we in Groundhog Day? I think you guys mentioned that before, right? I mean, we hear the same... The same bull with him every offseason. You know, it's like, oh, look, he's he's putting in the work. He's... And then yeah, you know, he gets out there, and the the, co- the coverage may or may may or may not even break down, and he panics, yeah. and <laughs> you see it on the field. And then like that touchdown he had to Mooney, he was freaking out. Right? And then he's like, oh crap! Wait, no, no, no one's coming to get me. You know, like yeah, that's it. That's, and he's like, maybe I'll. Maybe. That's exactly it. You you hit it right on the button. I mean, look. You know, this just cracks me up. Every time they do a close-up of Mitch's face, doesn't he look like he's a deer in the headlights? Where am I? What's going on? He looked. I mean, he, he, he looks lost. Yeah. He, so I've seen that look in in military personnel when the S hits the fan, and uh, it's not a good look. No. it's uh, Usually those guys don't make it. You know what I mean? Because... He looks like me out there if I was playing quarterback, and that's not that's not that's not a good thing. I mean, no, no. How'd you like that? Uh, this continues also, Curtis, to be a pattern where Trubisky 
tends to not know where the line of scrimmage is, as we see him often, instead of just throwing the ball away because he's out of the pocket, continually slide before even getting to pass the line of scrimmage. So I don't I don't know if you've noticed yeah, that. But. I know I know exactly what your play you're talking about. And they ended up losing the yard. It was right before the missed kick by, uh, by Santos. I understand why he slid. Do I necessarily think it was the right call? Eh, no, not really. But I, he, he slid to keep the clock going. I, so I kind of see both sides of that argument. It was either a heads-up play or it was a bonehead play. Yeah. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. It goes down to the sack. but He's also done this in the, in the past, though. This isn't the first rodeo where he, he slid. So well, that's kind of why he, I brought it up. But, yeah, I mean, you make a va- very valid point in, you know, he had to keep the clock running. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, did, did he know where he was? I have no idea. I mean, I heard reports <laughs> that he ran out of bounds in practice, you know, during training camp. And, you know, I heard Adam and Hogan, uh, the Adams, uh, Hogan Jones talking about how he just ran out of bounds, had no idea where he was in time and space. And, you know, and it just, his, his spatial awareness wasn't there. And I don't know. It really sucks, like, that we're all here in this together as bears fans because it feels like we're all, like not only is trubisky on groundhog day but we are like it continues to everything the storylines everything revolves around him i mean and now well we have this whole thing with alan robinson which kind of just got swept under the carpet oh, so what are your thoughts on that I think they're I think they're waiting to see how it goes, man. I really do. So we were kind of damning about this, right? I think if it goes downhill, I think you can see a fire sale, man. I really do. I think if it goes bad, and I, I, we were what a couple plays away from it already being in freaking you know emergency mode here. If it goes bad, you could see Robinson traded. You could see Mac traded. You know, and then like I was telling you, as long as they keep Foles uh, on the bench until the bye week he can't escape out of his contract. And and then you end up, you know, battling the, the Jaguars and the Jets for Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, and if you're, if you're rebuilding, you don't want a 20, you know, as much as I love Mac, you don't keep that contract around just so the guy can, you know, when your quarterback's eventually ready for the rebuild, he's in his, you know, mid thirties, pulling in 30 million a year. You don't keep that contract. You get rid of them. You do them a favor so they can go win a ring. Um, but yeah, I think if it goes bad, you could see a fire sale. You, you really could. You have, and and I think. Oh God! No, I was just. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say that you had a really interesting point when you were talking about Mac that you you made to me, and I I just wanted to get that with uh, the whole thing between you made two really excellent ones that I had to look up. You and you brought one up with the Nick Foles contract. But then also talk mm-hmm. about what you saw and what you told me about with uh, Cleo Mack's brother. Oh, yeah, no, that, that was just an just an observation. I don't know if there's any factual evidence to back, hey, to back this up, but I the, well, they, there, they there's cut two Mac's facts. brother, right? They cut Mac's brother, and Mac came out a little soft in week one. The squad. And then he's tearing it up again. And I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> he, he cut out there just a little I, bit. I get but it. He said that he got yeah. re-signed. 
So like he got cut and Mac's little brother got cut. Mac doesn't play well, re-signed on the squad. Wow. Well, almost like extortion. But I mean I, <laughs> I don't know if Khalil Mack would do that. I mean but it would be hilarious if he did because your star player, you kinda most most things I know about organizations is you cater to your star players. So I was shocked when they cut him because I was like, they're gonna piss him off. Yeah, they but, are. They are. You know, I, I've always seen this team as, you know, there's a there's a small window for us to to really win here and turn things around. And and I could see that fire sale that you talked about, Curtis, happening. Uh, what what's the best scenario for this year from your perspective in terms of what we could where we could go? The best scenario? Yeah. I mean, I think we all <laughs> who bought Trubisky jerseys want to see him pan out, you know what I mean? Cause I just love that response. That's, that's, that, that's money I don't get back, you know, so <laughs> I would love to be able to wear that jersey for 15 more years and, you know, and, and get a few rings out of the deal, but that would be amazing if he just, you know, but I always go back to, you know, I've mentioned this to you guys before, my, my, my experience in growing up playing Little League and you know, being the, the king of the, of the practice team, of, of practice, right? Crushing the ball, doing no looky throws like I was Patrick Mahomes on a baseball field, right? Just killing it. All right. Um, and then, you know, then you get in the game, and the, the bigger the game, the more the anxiety, and you, you, you choke, you know, and you're, you're tomahawking it. Nope. Like, what the hell is this? Why is this bad cleaning up here? We lost you there a little bit, Curtis. Um, yeah, I, I completely understand what you're saying. To, to that point, do you think... Because I, I brought this up on the podcast before, and I said that you brought up the practice thing, and with there being no fans, if it would feel more like practice, so are you still buying into me, like that Trubisky's good at practice and not on the field, or... Has your opinion kind of flip flopped a little bit? And we lost him. I think we lost, we lost Curtis. Him. It happens, folks. They're out in the mountains in California. Let's see if we can't get him back. Um, that question, though, I mean, who yeah. knows? It could be forever unanswered. It could. It could. Here we go. All right, I think we got you back. Oh, so wait. I'll leave this one up to you guys. I just drove into the mountains. I didn't know where I was going when I got on the road. <laughs> Google's taking me into the into into the middle of nowhere. Do you want me to call you back when I when I rejoin civilization? Uh, I, probably twenty minutes. Um, uh, we actually have a little thing we have to get to, but we can. I mean, if we cut okay. out, we cut out. I mean. We're not the most professional podcast. I mean, I crack beers all the time through here. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, man. But I don't know if you heard the last question. I, I told people when we lost you that we might never know the answer. But now that we have you back, um, I was going to ask you, you brought up before about, and you brought it up again about, you know, being the king of practice and stuff. And now with COVID and everything, with no fans in the stadiums, I, I feel like this is the most opportunity that Trubisky's going to have to make it actually look like practice while actually being a game. 
and I wanted to know if your stance has maybe flip flopped on that a little bit with the way he's performing. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of layers to that. So if he, if he does turn it on without an audience there, does it now invalidate his ability to perform under the light? You know, so it just raises more questions now. Like, questions like, do, we, do we watch him yeah yeah if he turns it on and then we you know eventually get fans back i mean we could be looking at a false narrative as far as trubisky if he does you know, now, now i'm gonna question every <laughs> so I, yeah you know what though uh, he has a good point no. there though dad because if he does break out and and there's no one around then we might be screwed again well, i i had looked at it from that angle but i like it i you know, I think one of the very frustrating things about being a Bears fan with Trubisky is how in the world does he throw some of the most beautiful looking balls into some of the tightest windows, and yet when the guy's wide open and he could run for 20, 20 more yards, we he overthrows him by 10 feet or throws the ball behind him. I, I, I think... That's the most puzzling thing is which Mitch Trubisky do we get when the alarm goes off in the morning? You know, it's, it's, it's back to what I was telling you about the practice thing. When he, when he starts thinking about it, that's when it goes downhill. I actually injured my own child at little league practice. Um, I was trying to show him how to do like when you're in the outfield and you're trying to do a cutoff and you catch it over your shoulder and then do like a one hop and then gun it without even looking mm-hmm. because your shoulders are all pointed in the right direction. Right. Right. <clears throat> I was trying to demonstrate this, and for whatever reason, my kid looked away, and I'm I'm probably sixty yards away at a minimum, and I catch this 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 cutoff, and I turn and I gun it without even looking at him, and he's like chasing a butterfly or something, and the ball <laughs> just drills him right in the chest. I because I didn't think about it, you know what I mean, and I was like, oh snap! They're all yelling like, hey, you know, but. I wasn't thinking about it, but my that, that natural ability came through with you know, and then if I thought about it, I probably would have missed him by like two feet off of the right or something. But yeah, I think when he's not thinking about it, the, his natural ability that got him drafted comes through. So, and then when he overthinks it, you know, he's double clutching or he's gripping the ball too tight or, or he, you know, it's not just he's not playing free. He shakes that so ball. I, I really like think that's that. what's going on there. I, I completely agree. I was just about to say, like, when you when you said that point, he shakes the ball like a shake weight. Like when he gets nervous <laughs> back there, he shakes it up and down. I'm like, oh god! I every because every Sunday we watch the games together, and I turned to dad every time. I said, oh god, here we go. So so Curtis, I'm going to put you in the role of Nagy right now, and your mm-hmm. team's two and zero. Oh. And you are Coach Nagy, and you're in the room with Mitchell Trubisky. What's that conversation look like as you about to move down and, and play play the Atlanta? What 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 needs to what needs to happen? Mm, CBD. He needs. Uh, I don't know. Is it legal in, out there in Illinois? Because I'll tell you what, when I was in high school, <laughs> when I was in high school, I was a really chilled out dude, man. And uh, <laughs> I love it. 
Yeah. Not, not since I joined the military, but I was a really chill dude in high school. And I don't know, maybe the dude just needs a little bit of CBD uh, right before the game just to, to mellow him out. It's uh, it's full. You know, or, it's full go. Just to answer your question, in Illinois, in <laughs> Illinois. it's uh, they're recreational yeah. and all that. So he doesn't need to get a doctor or I, nothing. I don't know. I mean, there's legal ways like Adderall. I don't know Adderall, right? Is that the one for anxiety? I don't know. I don't know. It's, 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 yeah, Adderall's, I mean, the, I Adderall's the one thing. for ADHD. So Okay, yeah. So, Whatever so, can calm him down. Like, <laughs> some, some, yoga. some Ativan or Xanax, Xanax might uh, yeah, help yeah. calm him down before I love that we're just prescribing Trubisky meds now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's, that's you know, where, that's I mean, where this, we're this is this is where Bears fans are at, man. Hypnosis. What what meds does hypnosis. does Mitchell Trubisky need hypnosis. to do well? He can, he, can he can put him under hypnosis, right? So anytime he sees him starting to like to freak out, you know, freak out, he could say like purple cockatoo or something, and then he'd like automatically get chill again. Or something. oh, I love I love that. But, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know, but uh, uh, this, yeah, the guy. I don't know if he'll ever grow out of it. That's my fear is that I don't know if he'll ever shake it. Um, just like I said, based on my personal experiences, I don't know if he'll ever lose that, that game day anxiety. You, you, know, um, you know what sucks, though? Like what you said to to bring it back a little bit about Allen Robinson is if <laughs> he got the deal he got from us because his quarterback was Blake Bortles, and now he's not performing right. – be with Trubisky, so I think people need to look at all this full circle. It's it's not good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I got I got I, I got hung up on the. That's my bad. I just I don't I don't want to lose him. I'm very emotionally attached to Allen Robinson because I think he's fantastic. <laughs> and I tell people at work. I don't know if you come across this, Curtis, but I have people tell me all the time. They're like, "Yeah, he's not that great." I'm like, "Dude." Get that guy a quarterback, and he's going to blow the league away. Yep. So I have such mixed emotions with Allen Robinson because I know in my heart of hearts that if we didn't have Allen Robinson, Trubisky wouldn't be on the Bears right now. Oh, damn. I never thought of it like that either. Yeah. Now I'm torn. You I just I mean? was emotionally invested. <laughs> now I'm emotionally torn. <laughs> oh, my God. That's such a good years. point. Dude, Oh. Who's bailed out Trubisky on every third and long? You know what I mean, like. God, and those throws aren't even he was, close. They're he, they're always no. him lunging, diving, almost getting decapitated down the middle. Yeah, that's that's why we have so few yards after catch. I mean, our guys when they're catching them, they're diving up or diving backwards. Not they're not being hit in stride, and that's a hell of a thing. So I, I'm just really curious, Curtis. What what do you think this Sunday looks like? Because Tyler and I, we talk all the time. Man. I, I I have a I have a belief of what this Sunday looks like. Let's say Julio's in there. He's hurt. He plays. They still have Ridley too. They have Ridley. You you know Atlanta is going to pass the crap out of the ball. You also know if they go up by us by forty nine points, we still have a chance. You're, you're saying there's a chance. There's, they're, they're great at blowing <laughs> leads. They're great. No one does it like Atlanta. They are. All right. So here's my bold prediction. All right. I love bold. We're predictions. going. We're going to. We're going to come out strong. We're gonna. We're gonna lose the toss, or and then take the first kickoff. And then we're gonna come out strong. 
we're going to get in the red zone. There's going to be some stupid penalty, and we're going to kick a field goal. They're going to come out. They're going to come out, drive the field, completely expose the the advanced age of Danny Trevathan, and he will be replaced in the second drive after they score a touchdown by Iggy, and we'll, we'll never see Trevathan again. Uh, they're going to score. We're going to come back. Uh, we're going to try to rely on the pass because we're going to think because Nagy likes to freak out, right? He's going to think, "Oh crap, we're behind. We need to like abandon the run now." We're going to get it's it's going to it's not going to go well for the first half. Twenty-one to six, right? Halftime comes. Somebody like Laser or somebody smacks Nagy in the face, wakes him up, says, "Hey, we got a strong line, and we got Montgomery, who's actually been playing pretty damn well." We come out. The defense is already, you know, the, the first half, they're like, oh, crap, here we go again. So, they, so we come out, they get the ball, they get probably a field goal or something because the defense is still kind of like, uh, you know. We come out again, we start handing the ball off, we have some sustained drives, we use the eye formation, whatever power running concept we need to run, we, we need to use. We start making it a game again. The defense comes alive because, obviously, as I've stated before, the offense drives the defense. Uh, we keep it close. We keep scoring. You know, Trubisky has a couple good throws late in the game, just enough to make us forget his garbage from the first quarter or first half. Uh, we get two good quarters out of Trubisky. We end up winning 34-31. I like it. I like it. The The only scenario that I saw different in my head, Curtis, was that we come out the first half and we try to run the ball and control the ground game with Montgomery because – Nagy really does know who he, who he really has in his quarterback. And uh, we play it very conservative. They start to throw the ball on us. They get ahead, which forces us to throw the ball more. But I, I, I like your take. Oh, no, no, no. Your, your take was exactly what I was thinking. I think we start off running the ball well, but then we, we something stalls us in the red zone, and then we get behind uh, at that point. So Also, I just want to say run. that was incredibly in-depth, and that was great. Yeah. I mean, I did not expect it to go that far. <laughs> I, and I, I was, I, I, I just take about Trevathan was, was awesome. I, well, I just sat back like, and I was whoa. like, holy cow, like, this is great. Like, <laughs> I would have, I would have just been like, I don't know. Hey, we might win. We if, might lose. If this comes true, uh, we'll need your number because we're calling Vegas. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's just like playing quarterback or Little League. You can't overthink it. You got to let it flow. That's right. You got to. You gotta let it come come out of the uh, the collective consciousness. And- that needs to be Trubisky's new motto: "Don't overthink it. Just let it let flow. It flow. Let it flow." Yeah, he can do that with another team, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am so over this. Like I, I, I just can't even describe. I think uh, I I do want to go back to the uh, whole Trevathan thing. That was very interesting. So you. You kind of thinking he's on his last leg here in Chicago? I, I think everybody's seeing it. Um, we signed him instead of Klikowski, and I think it's just another oh misstep by uh, oh. by Pace, man. I couldn't agree Klikowski, more. I know he was hurt last week. I'm watching him. I'm watching him over in the Raiders, man, and he's looking okay. He got hurt, but so he didn't play last week. But uh, I, I, that's one career I'm going to follow just because I think it was a huge misstep. Uh, Trevathan looks old and slow. I mean, his wife or girlfriend has asthma, so I, I don't know if he just stayed indoors for the entire COVID lockdown and didn't go like exercise or something. See, but see, that's, you know, what, yeah. having gone through my thirties, 
when it hits, it hits, man. It's, yeah. You know, here's here's the thing, Curtis, and, and, and you really reminded me of this, of some of the biggest mistakes I've seen with the Bears is they don't trust their eyes and they just go with mm-hmm. the names or the history behind the play. I wouldn't say Bears. I'd say Pays. Maybe you've said that before, but, but he's that dis- he's trust, but he's the one that let him go. Pace let Kwiatkowski go, and I have a theory behind that. And I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Dad, but I have a theory because remember, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on his name? The free safety that went to the Packers for us before. Oh, we- uh, Amos. Yeah, exactly, Amos. I feel like with him, what happened with Amos is. He didn't do anything, right? We 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 are very well at disguising plays, right? Our plays, players, and I think that's what they thought they were doing. Like, oh, Kwiatkowski's not that good, you know? It's our defense because now we got that Gibson in the back, and he's there. But I mean, we have so many crucial players on defense. I feel like that's what Pace did, and I'm with both of you because I both think. That this guy, I think we're all thinking Kwiatkowski is going to be the real deal. And when you draft someone that late and you have that gem, I don't think you just piss it away. And I think that's what we did. Yeah, yeah. Kwiatkowski is another character that had that that drive to be the best. Right? right. We we all watched him go from fourth round draft pick to to viable starter. Oh, he um, he was Mister Hustle. He was always in on every play or around the ball all the time. You you gotta love that in a defensive player. That's what you look for, right? Who's hungry? Yeah, and I would take that over uh, a Wilquan Smith any day. Oh, uh, yes, any, every absolutely. day of the week. You yeah, twice on Sunday. I Roquan's really good though. <laughs> like I'm I'm really glad we have him. He is. Him. He is, but his care factor isn't there, man. He just like didn't he get busted like doing some stupid crap over COVID shutdown like. Like I, I swear, um, I read a story about him doing doing some crap he shouldn't have been doing. Yeah, there was. I don't something, know. Remember, and, uh, something in the media about that, but I can't. Well, remember, he still had that. that strange, weird, un like excused absence last year. That still, well, that I don't know. I don't know if anyone broke the story, but I have no idea. Like I, we were all left in the dark, and that was odd. I I I think that will just go with uh, some kind of mental health issue. Is the best I can guess. Yeah, I don't know. So who knows? Who knows? We don't have any data on that. We've let... Man, the Kwiatkowski thing hurts, though. It really does. Like, yeah. I, I'm completely with you on that, Curtis. Like, I, You know, I honestly... I think it sucks more for him that he's actually on the Raiders. Like, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't see the Raiders going anywhere. So, so I want to take this. A hey guys, hey, go ahead. I guess I'm gonna step. I'm gonna step away for just a second here. I just got to where I was going, uh, but I'll be back in like three or four minutes. That's oh, fine. you're fine, man. If if you need to go, you just let us know, and we yeah. can we can we can wrap yeah, things I'll, up. I'll, I'll be right back. I just gotta pick up something real quick. Okay. Oh, you're good, man. We'll talk amongst ourselves. We're okay. used to it. So <laughs> <laughs> we are. We are. We do that well. So, Tyler, what do you think really happens this year with? Um, Foles. Does he sit the bench the entire year? Can I just say something before we, we continue to talk? Yeah. Um, this is why I love callers. 
we are getting so many different perspectives that you and I have not thought of because we have been on the bitch bus. And that's right. I said bitch, not Mitch. Bitching about Mitch. That's what we've been doing. And it's nice to get fresh opinions and fresh takes. absolutely. And guys, we don't bite. So, you know, it's nice to have Curtis on. We had Matt on earlier, and we'll play that through. Uh, We had technical difficulties, so apologies to Joey. We will get back to you. I just want to take this time to just express how awesome it is that we're trying to build... We're trying to build this community, and we want to be very clear. We're not just doing it for us. We're trying to build it for everyone because yeah. I think it's a cool escape to get away to talk to other Bears fans and maybe get into contact through social media with other fans and just kind of build this whole Bears community up where we can control the narrative and we can control the media. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great example of the the more people you get involved, the more opinions you get, the more diversity of thought it really, it really gets you thinking um, outside the typical box that most of us get stuck in. Yeah. So, and listen, I just want to make this also very clear. We're never going to charge money for anything, no matter what happens with us. If we just stay with what we have now, and if we don't have callers, we don't have callers, the lines are always going to be open. We're not going anywhere. I just want to get that across, and we're not going to charge extra. Because I think this... Patreon stuff is a bunch of bullshit, but we'll talk about that some other time. That doesn't even have to do with the Bears. I just, I, I had to get that off my chest. All right. Off I'm back, you? by the way. Sorry. All right. Oh, you're good. I was just complaining about Patreon. <laughs> I was complaining about Patreon. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like how people. Patreon? Yeah, like people do podcasts and they'll be like, oh, you guys get extra shows because you donate to my podcast once a month. Or, or pay for it every month. I'm like, that's absolutely ridiculous. Well. I I mean, that's just my opinion. I don't. I was just telling people, we took like a little like uh, what do they call that? Like a we just I don't know. We were just there? yeah. We were just we, telling people that it was we. What well, actually what we were saying is it's great that like p- to have people like you come on and give a very fresh perspective because. We're always complaining about Mitch and on the Mitch thing. And it's sometimes we get real wound up about and we get stuck. And then, like, you come on and you bring up the Trevathan thing and, like, just little different tidbits to just add to the show. And it's great. Wait till I hit you with my Mooney theory. With your what? My Mooney theory. Darnell Mooney. Go for it. Oh, yeah. I'm all ears. So we were were discussing uh, Robinson. Um, and I heard a quote from, I think it was Maggie that really got my wheels spinning. And he said something to the effect that Mooney looked like he had that, whatever it was, whether it's quality or skills or the ability of, of, uh, Alan Robinson. Really? And, and then I started watching his snap count go up. And, uh, you know, and, and then I'm like, okay. And then they didn't sign Alan Robinson. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm, I'm, am I seeing what I'm seeing here? And I'm thinking they have Mooney in. I don't know if they plan to replace Alan Robinson with Darnell Mooney as, as like the go-to guy. 
but uh, if they can't get this contract worked out, I, I'm thinking they're grooming Moody to be the new guy. Wow. What do you guys think? I think you're on because that sounds like something Pace would do, and I also think that's really dangerous because you know what you have. I, I, I've said this before. I'm a big proponent of if you know what you have, why would you take a chance on a rookie when you could still draft the rookie, let him come up, plug and play him, see how he does? Because I think I, I feel like we're, we might be experiencing a Jordan Howard thing all over again. We could be. What scares me, Curtis, is that you could be so on point on this one. And just that kind of thinking of the Bears management, that they would take um, a fairly talented young man like that and then try to put him in that kind of position. Um, Could I see it happening? You better believe it. Um, I, I think right now the... There's no data at all that would say that Mooney and Robinson are even in the same arena. But I'm glad you brought that up because I'm definitely going to start paying more attention to him. Well, as much as I can, depending on how many times he gets thrown to. <laughs> yeah, it's just it was those comments that I, I kind of let the comments roll, you know, off my shoulder. Right, I was just like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But then when the season started, I started watching him getting more snaps than, you know, than Miller, you know, and Miller's got his own issues with, like you said, with concentration and his playbook and, you know, he's a lot of talent, but he'll never be in the one because he doesn't put in the work, you know, and so it looks like Mooney's putting in the work and, you know, he's a little undersized, but, you know, we've had people like Steve Smith and, you know, and the Panthers and other people who've come out a little undersized and been fine. Yeah, but, I, um, I hate yeah. that. I hate that whole size thing. I think if the guy can play, he can play. So I'm not. I I just. I really don't like when people talk about like like. Uh, how many times did we hear about Russell Wilson? You know. Oh, he's not going to do it. He's shorter than Drew Brees. Now oh, look at him. Don't get me on that one, man. Oh, I loved him coming out of college. Oh, he's good. Oh, the Badger. I loved him coming out of college, man. And then. Like nobody picked him up, and my wife's team is Seattle, so I was good. I was glad for that. And then it did not surprise me at all that he just crushed. What was that knucklehead's name? The Packers, the backup guy, and Seattle signed him to that big deal. Oh and God! Um, basically, what was his name? Matt Flynn. Yeah, and then Wilson just put him on the bench, like boom, just sit down, boy. And then, like, God, the Matt Flynn games. I forgot all about that. Remember when they would have, like, Stafford was out and Rodgers was out, and it was the Matt Flynn game game up in Lambeau (laughs) where he threw, like, six TDs, and the Seahawks were like, that's our guy. (laughs) (laughs) God. He's still there, or did we lose you again? Russell Wilson looks like the best player in football right now. Yeah, he really does. Yeah, he he could be the MVP of the year. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I I put money on him last year, and I had to pull it out late because it wasn't happening because some Jackson guy came along. Yeah, I think uh, I think that that's really interesting though. Like 
the whole Mooney thing. I'm gonna have to look into that and like watch him more. I I honestly didn't know. I'm not. I mean, I'm gonna be completely transparent here. I didn't really know who he was, like until he caught that touchdown pass. Oh wow! Like I've been busy with stuff, and that's I know that's not an excuse, but honestly, I was. I gotta stop. (laughs) <laughs> it's starting to be bad for my health to focus solely on Trubisky because I'm not looking at anything else. <laughs> like, and I need to like look around and see the other people that are involved. Yeah. Speaking of the other people, I want to give you a bold prediction for tomorrow's game. I believe that Anthony Miller is going to score two touchdowns. One of them is going to be a 70-yarder. And I, I really think that he is overdue, way overdue, um, and uh, you really can, took bold to the next level, there. Yeah, I, I'm predicting right now he gets two touchdowns. One of them's a 70 yarder. Mark my words, boys. It's gonna mm, happen. That's ridiculous, but okay. I mean, I hope so. 70 yarder. So, yeah, yeah. What, that's what, what I'm saying, one's Curtis. Gonna, one's gonna be a 70 yarder. Right Everyone's sitting here, 70 yarder. Yep. Question mark. Yep. 70 yarder, right over the middle. He's gonna take it to the house. So it's gonna be like oh, a screen. It. Because it's not getting there through the air. <laughs> well, it's not going to be a 70-yard through the air. It's going to be a screen. Yeah, it'll be a short pass over the middle that he'll take 70 yards to the house. Jesus. You heard it here first. Well, Curtis, do you have anything else you want to uh, unload? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking forward to the game tomorrow. I hope our guys can pull it out, you know. Um, you know. As far as my prediction, um, I hope we win. Like, I think we can pull it out. I think there will be an element of us coming from behind, though. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be, as, you know, as, as I kind of just spat it out there. But um, it'll be uh, it'll be a fun one, you know. It'll be nice to see, you know, two offenses just kind of throwing down. Would it annoy you, and, though, if we went into garbage time and then Trubisky started lighting it up? Would it annoy me? Yes, because it would be him patting the stat. And, mm-hmm. you know, we need him to we need him to be that quarterback we had for the final quarter of the of the Lions game. We need that like three yeah. out of four quarters. Every exactly. Day, you know? He can have a couple I mean Mahomes doesn't kill it every time he goes out there, but you know, more times than not he does. So we just need that. Right? Right. We need we we need that consistency. We need three right. out of four quarters. Yeah. Exactly, because, well, like you just said, Mahomes struggled last week against the Chargers. I almost said San Diego. Yeah. God, they're always the San Diego Chargers to me. I can't get over that. L.A. Chargers just And for me, they always right. will be. I know. It just doesn't <laughs> sound right, right? So, like L.A. Chargers. So I'm going to say this, and, and people may may doubt whether I'm a true Bears fan, but that's okay with me. But um, there's, a, there's a part of me that what if Trubitsky gets hurt and Foles has to come in? Would that be so bad? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm um, just, I'm just so here's a, here's there. something I don't know if you. It would, and I'll tell you why, because the net or so Nagy has already changed the offense. It was almost like he had two playbooks. You know, he was like, if Foles comes in here and crushes it, I've got my my West Coast offense playbook, and I've got this old playbook that. 
uh, you know, John Fox put together that I dusted off uh, because it's, <laughs> you know, property of the Bears now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, oh, yeah. And we're, we're, and we're going to run that one. So, you know, when they're at practice, they're practicing this, you know, this power running, all this other stuff that they haven't done before. And if Foles has to come in all of a sudden, Foles doesn't, he doesn't run that offense. You know, I'm sure he's been practicing that offense, but he's, you know, from from what I hear, he's more comfortable running the West Coast offense. That's why we brought him here. Yeah. So I would be I would be interested to see if Foles did come in, would would Nagy flip the script and go back to the West Coast stuff? So see, that's what I think would happen. I think he would have to flip the script. I, well, he'd have to run RPOs. I, I think. But I think it would be troublesome for our offensive line, and that's where my that's where my angst is. No, I get that. I get that because. Yeah, you know, different blocking schemes. You know, it's a whole, it's a whole different. But, yeah, it'd yeah, be well, interesting to see what he did. Yeah, I was just trying to think. You know, as we move into the season, the, the more we win with Trubisky, um, you know, I I just want us to to get to the playoffs. I'd love to see us um, get there this year, but. Well, I think the dream scenario for me, as I said this from the beginning, we win as a team, but Trubisky just plays like garbage. Like, I would love a four-interception game, and we still win. I really would. <laughs> I have Four I have, interceptions that we had, but, but five fumble recovery touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. Like, somewhere, <laughs> it just, like, something so blatantly obvious where everyone goes, oh, okay, yeah, we got to get rid of it. Yeah, that. but... The, the 2006 Rex Grossman game against the Cardinals, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm still I remember the coach that. Comes one. out losing his crap, you know. They are who we thought they were. Right. <laughs> Dennis Green lost it, man. Oh yeah, I love that. He lost his mind. Yeah, he was. Yeah, there's, oh there's, my there's, gosh, that's that's, oh, that's one of the, of the two. That's one of the two best sayings ever. We are who we thought they are, and the other one was playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> So let me let me let me back this one up, you guys, real quick. So speaking of the Cardinals, right? The Cardinals drafted Rosen first overall or second or what I don't know, top ten or whatever it was. They drafted a quarterback. I think he was. What I think they, he was first. They, I don't know. No, he wasn't first. But anyway, they understood early in the process this was not our guy, right? He's not going to be the transcendent quarterback. He's not going to be a Brady, a Mahomes. He's not going to be, you know, that guy who elevates the entire team that you can build around for 15, 20 years. They knew it. So what did they do the next year? They swallowed their pride, and they drafted another quarterback in the first round. Uh, what's, that kid, the kid, what's that kid's name? Uh, Tyler or Kyler or Kyler Murray. Yeah. They drafted Kyler Murray. And guess what? He looks like he might be the guy for them. But why doesn't Pace? understand i mean I, I swear it's like he says words about drafting quarterbacks every year and it's the most important position and then he drafts one guy you know and his whole time here he's only drafted one dude yeah he, he and we all knew early in the process he wasn't the guy right right so swallow your goddamn pride and draft another quarterback man yeah, I, do something. I, I'm with you, man. Curtis, he he rides he rides these players to death. I mean, he puts like all his eggs in one basket, and he sticks with them. And there's a time to fish and cut bait. 
and we should have cut bait a while ago. Well, also though, it shows you that the the Cardinals have a better GM than us. Their GM is uh, Steve Keem. I think that's how you pronounce his name, Steve Keem, and he gets Kingsbury, and Kingsbury says, "I want Murray," and he goes, "All right." You know what I mean? So there's there's communication yeah. there. I don't feel like we have that with the Bears. Can you imagine if if Nagy showed up and he's like, "All right, I got hired. I got this Trubisky kid." He's after one season. He's like, "Yeah, not my guy. I can't do anything with this." And they go out and they draft Lamar Jackson. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Can you imagine? Oh my gosh! If Nagy freaking manned up and said, "Look, Pace, we can't win with this shit. Right. We're both going to get fired." Right. But instead, yeah. I, instead, yeah, I think yeah. like, they're both going down on right. the same boat. Exactly. Instead, that what's happened is he, he's been quiet about it, or at least not openly overt about it. And we keep doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's the GM. You know what I mean? The GM isn't listening to his coach. Yeah. Yeah. Also, just a uh, side note. You you were spot on. Uh, Rosen was tenth overall by the Cardinals. Just wanted to add that in there. <laughs> I thought he was. I thought he was first. I was like, where was I at? Like, why did I think that? That was horrible. First. <laughs> no, I, I knew he was first, but I knew he was somewhere in the top ten. But yeah, uh, regardless, they they they, they swallow the pride and, and try it again. You know and. These teams who have this perpetual success have these quarterbacks that they can build around. I mean, how many years did the Packers beat the crap out of us with a shitty defense? Oh. <laughs> right? A yeah. lot. Yeah. How many years? It's called the Fargo 20? effect. <laughs> like, beat the hell out of us, man. That that's Those Packers spoiled more Sunday meals than I can imagine. I mean, yeah, thanks, were... Atlanta. But, we can blame that on Atlanta, too. Uh, yeah. Because that's where Favre came from. Oh, I know. But, oh, yeah, they got the kick in themselves for that one. <laughs> uh, what, thing, what do you mean? The only thing worse than passing on, on, on Mahomes and, uh, 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 what's his name, in the draft, is it, it, trading Watson. away Brett Favre. Like, this really is going to be worse. Yeah, Watson, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, having the guy in your house. You know the story behind that, Gosh. don't you? That, that, uh, <laughs> The, the coach for the Atlanta Falcons at the time um, used to say, come here, Mississippi. And then he would bet on how far he could throw the ball up into the stands. So he knew Brett Favre had a cannon for an arm, but that's all he, that's all he did with him, is, is basically use what? him as a showpiece. Um, a stupid human trick? Yeah, like... <laughs> uh-huh, really. It was a stupid human trick. Oh, come here, Mississippi. God. Let's show people how far you can throw the ball up into the stands. That's, is, that's... That, is that what Buffalo's doing right now with Josh Allen? Or... <laughs> I mean... Allen's playing it, man. I, I know. He is. I'm giving a hard time because he missed that pass. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it where he like chucked it four rows deep and he had a guy wide open and he chucked <laughs> it like four rows. I was like sitting there watching that on Red Zone. I go, holy hell, he has a cannon. But, man, woo, that guy was open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to aim a cannon. <laughs> you got to aim. Well, oh, Curtis, we're going to wrap this up. We got to get going and uh, stuff, but we really appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, anytime. It's always a pleasure to chat with you guys. Um, I have a blast every time, and 
you know, your membership and your, uh, your listenership is going to grow and you guys are going to become uh, amazing, successful podcasters with sponsorships. <laughs> and uh, I don't know about We're going to see that. your names on billboards. That's my bold prediction for you guys. Oh, well, <laughs> thank, thank we you for the bold prediction. Yeah, we appreciate the kind words, Curtis. <laughs> no, you guys are awesome, man. Keep doing what you do, man. All right. All right. Thank we appreciate you. it, Curtis. We'll see you. Uh, probably DM right, me guys. soon. <laughs> All right. See ya. All right. Take it easy. Bye. Bye bye. All right. Well, that was a great conversation, yeah. man. That went well. Um, that's all. I can't think of anything else. So, uh, other than you want to be like Curtis, you want to talk to us, call in. Yeah. And until next time, guys, remember, it's always a good time when you bear down.